space space will be like no other because it is a mega space just getting a few of the mega speakers here up on the mega stage uh so give us a couple minutes we'll get things lined up and get things kicked off here in just a bit sounds good good morning good morning let's do it good morning dill all right everybody let's get this thing started we're still waiting on magma dow but uh we'll We'll let them jump in as they can. As you know, this is the ITS Megaspace Interchain Token Service. My name's Galen, talking from the Axelar Network account. Uh, we've also got Jason in here uh, from Axelar Foundation. Jason, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. Excellent. So we're going to get we're going to talk to a lot. There's a lot of people already building using interchain tokens. Uh, we've got a very exciting lineup of projects to talk with. I always love to have a lot of different projects in a space. Always brings a great uh, array of perspectives and variety and uh, knowledge to the conversation. Uh, so we're going to break things up into groups. We're starting out with uh, a, a great group to kick things off. Daki Swap, uh, Resolutio, Magma Dow, and Dill all in the building. Um, want to get into brief introductions from each of the projects here. Uh, but first, maybe Jason, if you could kick off and just tell us a little bit about Interchain Token Service, what it is, what it's useful for, what people are building with it. A quick introduction there, I think would be a good way to set the table. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey everyone, I'm Jason. I lead DeFi here at Axler. Um, you know, very quickly, Axler is a decentralized leading interoperability network, and the Interchain Token Service is the newest product that we launched built using built on top of Axler. In a nutshell, the Interchain Token Service is a code-free, permissionless tokenization uh, solution that has built-in asset transfers, aka known as bridging. Uh, it easily allows anyone, like even an ape like myself that knows not like no code to be able to create a token within minutes that's available on any of the chains supported by Axler. It also works for anyone that has an existing token on one or more chains to expand to additional chains and enable interoperability that way. And I'm really excited to have so many you know, early adopters on the AMA with us today. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. I think it's been really exciting to see the number and diversity of projects that have been doing things. Uh, maybe we can start with you. Da quick round of introductions. Daki, let's start with you. Tell us what Daki Swap is, what you're building. Yeah, sure. So, uh, hello everybody. Uh, I'm Andre from Nakiswat. So, now we are the Rainier user-friendly multi-chain desk. As first, you know, uh, we are native desk on base. We just become a multi-chain desk recently. And one of the challenges we are facing is bringing our token to be the other chains. After investigating many solutions, we are brought with the Acela team and, you know, who provide interchain token service 
that help us reduce many efforts and concerns. So today I'm happy to be here to talk with you guys in this ITS Mega Space. Yes, that's it. Awesome. Welcome, Henry from yeah. Daki. Uh, Dill, you're up next. Yeah, what up? Happy to be here, GM, GM, everyone. I'm Dill. I'm a musician, a multi-platinum artist. I've been in the Web3 space since 2016, originally getting into crypto and then getting big into music NFTs. And this past year, 2023, I launched Dillcoin on Ethereum. And then I recently connected with the QuickSwap team and Axelar to bridge Dillcoin cross-chain to Polygon. So it's been really successful for us. And I'll dive into a little bit more about what we're doing uh, with Dillcoin and with music in a little bit. Awesome. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we've got another NFT-related uh, builder on the line here, Resolutio. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about the project. Hi, everyone. Very excited to be here. My name is Neha. Well, we are building a protection-centered platform for creators, for artists who want to create without fear of uh, exploitation. So exploitation in the form of their art being copied or not being paid fair compensation. And how we do this is by building tools which provide enhanced copyright protection and affordable dispute resolution. So we've been exploring Axela for our on-chain evidence protection for creators, and we're really looking forward to building on Axela. Awesome. Very excited for talking some NFTs in a bit here, but I actually want to start with what I think is probably a, a kind of an earlier phase of kind of on-ramping and onboarding, which is DEXs and DACI-Swap. And by the way, everybody hear me okay? How's the sound? Sound good? Jason earlier sounded terrible, like he was in a ventilation shaft or something. Um, but the content of what he says is good. So, you know, bear with. And yeah, let me know if there's any difficulties hearing or anything. We can try to troubleshoot problems as we go. Uh, I assume since this is a mega space that there will be mega technical difficulties uh, like there always is on um, on Spaces on X. But to kick off the conversation here for this first portion, Daki, I really want to know your perspective on DEXs as on-ramps. And like, could do you view like a what, what's the possibility that decentralized trading venues could really be where people buy their first crypto in a next wave of adoption? Yeah, yeah. So it's a good question. Yeah, in my opinion, um, centralized trains uh, offer several advantages. You know, include uh, faster transaction, low fees, and currently is holding a significant share of the market. And centralized chain will easy easier for the newcomer to jump into the market, right? So, but on the other hand, the primary advantage of the desk is a decentralized nature. This means you have control over your keys and token, and you can directly use them on a desk without needing KYC. And you know nowadays layer two chains like Optimism and Base offer a very low gas fee, so transaction costs will gradually not be an issue of decentralized chain. So of course, both Base and centralized chain has their own advantages and risks. But uh, in my view, Dex in this cycle will not reflect for centralized chain. Instead, both will coexist and grow. 
with centralized strength will gradually sell some market share to the next. Yeah, that's my idea. So that's a good point, Henry. I think you're you're spot on there. It feels like with some of the DEXs that we've seen, um, you know, Dill mentioned QuickSwap, for example, as well. Like there's a lot of DEXs working with with Axelar from you know the largest among Uniswap to some to some new folks as well who are building innovative things. Uh, seems like with the capability to handle multiple tokens, multiple blockchains on a um, on a decentralized network, you kind of have a new era for DEXs where they can do a lot of the things that centralized exchanges used to have a monopoly on, like a cross-chain swap, for example. Um, well, let's get into the NFT side of things as well here, because I think that's going to be a, uh, a pretty interesting conversation. I feel like, you know, DEXs have made a lot of steps forward in terms of the ability to do things that are multi-chain. NFTs, I think, is still a, 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 an emerging area. And, um, and maybe, uh, you know, a, um, even, even within specific ecosystems, right, there are questions of standardization, uh, as I understand. So maybe we could start with, uh, with you, Dill. Kind of where are the emerging ecosystems for NFTs? What's what's kind of I mean, I think obviously Ethereum is is you know is a uh the the best established, the place where the, some of the most valuable NFT collections are. Uh Solana has definitely made progress there um when the chain is working. Uh what what's what are some of the kind of emerging ecosystems and maybe maybe even looking across different blockchains, right? What are some of the emerging kind of communities and ecosystems you're seeing in the NFT world? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different chains to do NFTs on now. I would say I primarily focus on ETH NFTs and I've primarily built on ETH, but um, there's a lot of different ecosystems that are relevant. I mean, you know, Polygon comes to mind. I know there's a few collections that are going viral on base right now as well. Uh, of course, Solana has been hyped up and uh, a lot of hype over on people moving to Solana um, there's a lot of one-on-one art and smaller artists on Tezos. So I think there's a lot of cross-chain potential uh, for NFTs. Also, I know that uh, I have some stuff on Optimism through Sound XYZ. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on multiple different blockchains for NFTs. Uh, I think there's big potential there. And yeah, I mean, as far as for what we're building, we're really using the the DIL token as our sort of interchain token. And then the NFTs are sort of minted on different blockchains rather than being interchain themselves. However, um, I do think there's potential for making our ETH collection, which is kind of our most valuable collection, something that might be available cross chain. So it's something I'm looking into, but I'm not so familiar with uh, cross chain NFTs or interchain NFTs as much as I am with the potential for token bridging. 100%. I mean, and I think when we're talking about interchain token service, right, this is really kind of extending ERC-20 level interoperability uh, out to other blockchains within the EVM ecosystem. Uh, you know, that's, a, I think, a, a, a pretty significant step forward when it comes to what's available in, um, in multi-chain technology or infrastructure. A, uh, Doing similar for NFTs is a kind of a, a whole other category in a way and a, a whole other area of complexity. Um, Smeya, curious, on, and from the Resolutio perspective, you talked about kind of protecting uh, artists and 
and um, and rights management, I assume that involves. W- what does that look like uh, when it comes to things issued on multiple chains? Are there blockchains or platforms that are emerging as as having uh, kind of leadership positions in, in terms of the capabilities they provide uh, for protecting artists? Are there, you know, sort of communities that are more aware of those issues than others that you've seen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when we initially started off, uh, NFTs were uh, actually a reason for people to explore this new technology and put your art out there. And people barely thought about IP people. In a lot of cases, people assumed when you were buying art NFTs, you were also buying rights to their NFTs. And it's only in the last year or so that... uh, NFT communities and individuals started thinking of um, intellectual property rights related to their art as well. So you have communities like Pudgy Penguins and several other NFT communities and even within industries like gaming um, or decentralized science, uh, NFTs are being, uh, when you're creating NFTs linked to a particular art or scientific or literary work, there is that element of rights that uh, you link your work to. Uh, For this reason, people have started to explore or consider NFTs as a kind of uh, property. Initially, it was not considered as property. Legally speaking, there aren't any definitions as to whether an NFT is a property or not. But uh, people are starting to consider NFTs as property, especially when uh, you know, linking it to IP rights. For that reason, people wouldn't want their uh, property or their NFT linked to their work to be stuck within one chain, which is why I think it's important for, you know, us to work on these properties to be able to move around. So whether you're creating a certain asset on a certain marketplace, um, you should be eventually be able to take it to a platform like Decentraland and talk about the IP rights relating to it. And Interchain services is what makes it possible. Yeah, certainly when um, when you think about NFTs, uh, that kind of portability between blockchains may not, you know, you, you may sort of want the NFT to remain in its original context. Uh, I think, you know, one thing that, um, you know, that, that we've tried to enable, that Axelar has tried to enable is, is the ability to have an NFT, uh, you know, in one place and then to uh, in, integrate it into a program that runs on another blockchain. We've seen a couple of interesting projects, you know, that maybe have NFTs that are on Ethereum, but are running logic on uh, a layer two, like Polygon, for example. Um, the, the Junkyard NFT is a project that comes to mind that has an interesting implementation there. Uh, Jason, maybe you could talk for a minute about what some of the interesting things people are doing programming with NFTs beyond that. I know that's you're more in DeFi world day to day, but I'm sure you have uh, some views into some of the other interesting projects in the Axelar ecosystem that are building there. Yeah, you know, I think with NFTs, it's just like the same trend that we're seeing with tokens where, you know, even a year ago, most people didn't see a reason for why you would need a token or NFT on more than one chains, right? But in the current world that we live in, it is becoming more clear by the day that there's going to be thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of blockchains out there. So by only having an NFT available on chain, you're limiting the distribution and access you have to, to people. And NFT is really became big, right? As something that was more accessible to the average person. You didn't have to be like a crypto nerd or, or you know, someone, a power user on chain to be able to enjoy NFTs. So I think like just based on first principles, having cross-chain NFTs 
just like having cross-chain tokens is a no-brainer, right? And, you know, taking a step back, we just look at the different type of projects that are using ITS today, and that's part of the spaces. It's a testament to the fact that, like, tokens and NFTs are basic building blocks of crypto. And in this, like, world where there's a new chain every day, having cross-chain tokens, having cross-chain NFTs is essential. And from an Axler perspective, our mission has always been, you know, making cross-chain easy to builders, making it accessible to anyone, which is why we're super excited about, you know, the interchain token service, because now like anyone can really be able to launch a token and it doesn't have to be on an expensive chain like Ethereum, even though right now, I think the, the like the most of the adoption we're seeing are from crypto native projects, but it is in my belief that the launch of ITS is a massive milestone for tokenization as a whole. And before long, we're going to see, you know, massive enterprises from like the likes of JP Morgan and, and, and others to be using a solution like this. Awesome. Yeah. I think um, when you think about what the scaling capabilities are, we're, we're I, I think it's, there's a lot of people who maybe haven't really woken up to this, but I think we're well past a world in which scale exists on one chain. If, you, if you're looking to scale an application, and, and we've seen this from, from leading applications who have built product market fit on one chain, they then go and, and where are they looking to grow? It's just like if you, if you build a business in one country, you then start to think potential for international expansion. If your coffee shop chain is popular uh, in your hometown, you want to expand to the next city, to the next uh, province, state, uh, country. And I think for blockchains, it's no different in a world of, of dozens and, and potentially hundreds or even thousands of blockchains. You know, uh, it's not only about, you know, having the infrastructure that works for running your logic building your application it's also about reaching users who are growing in environments and other uh other ecosystems as well um we, we heard we heard just now a little bit about sort of interplay between uh uh erc20 type of tokens and uh, nfts uh dill i'm curious your perspective on that maybe you could talk a little bit more about dill coin and kind of the role that it plays in the kind of nft ecosystem that you're looking to build um how does that? What are the features of Dillcoin, and and how do you think about that as playing a role in interacting with the NFT uh, collection? Yeah, that's a perfect uh, transition because what we're doing with Dillcoin is actually designing a system to connect the NFTs together with the ERC twenty token as a rewards uh, ecosystem. So that's exactly what we're doing. And basically I started out making music NFTs for years and I've always wanted to create a way to reward our community as the music grows on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, right? So I've had people buying my music NFTs. They have some uh, great use cases with them. They get you access to my shows, concerts. Uh, I do a lot of Twitter spaces. I have a great community. The NFTs give you a you know, copy of the music and a connection to our community, the membership, right? So uh, what we built alongside of that now is we have Dill Token, which is a reward system connected to the growth of the music on traditional streaming sites in Web2. So Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and we're taking all of the data 
that I get as an artist uh, from my DSPs, which is all of the different sites that host my music, such as Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, TikTok, Instagram Reels. We're tracking all of that data and then using it to actually determine the Dill coin rewards within our ecosystem. So whether you hold a Dill NFT or if you hold one million Dill as a Dillionaire, those give you access to earn rewards and to be a member in our ecosystem. Um, and so bridging has been amazing for us because we're on Ethereum, Ethereum native token. And I've always wanted to make our token, just like you said, make it open to more markets, right? Uh, you know, make it available to people who probably wouldn't purchase the token otherwise. And so when we bridged over to Polygon using Axlar, I mean, first of all, it was an easy process. And uh, I've actually pinned up to the top. I just made a little post. So for anyone who's interested in what we're building with music and, and how we're sort of integrating all these things together with the NFTs, the token and the music, you can see a screenshot above of our dApp. So the dApp is going to be a key piece of it. And now that I'm seeing the cross-chain capabilities, I think that our Axelar interchain token is going to be a key piece of this ecosystem because I've personally realized how much more efficient it is to do some of these drops in a cross-chain ecosystem. For example, doing airdrops on Polygon or allowing people to claim their Dill coins on Polygon in that low gas fee environment. And then if they want to bridge back over to ETH at any time, they can, right? If they want to trade in the Matic markets and buy or sell right there on QuickSwap or on Matic, they can, right? Um, we're looking to deploy a bridge to base in the future as well. So if they want to go over to base blockchain, they can do that as well. So I'm super bullish on the fact that people sort of get to choose what they want and we can save a lot on gas fees for this amazing dApp that we're building in our rewards ecosystem. Um, so that's been super cool. That's and, awesome. uh, you know, really, it's an amazing system that we're building around the music. So, yeah, if anyone wants to check it out, I've put a little screenshot above where you can see some of it. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how the bridge to Polygon went. It brought on a lot of new people, uh, got a lot of new interest in the project, and it continues to bring some consistent volume uh, from our bridge over there. So I'd love to love to hear that. That's great. Yeah, the um, the loyalty, I mean, like the sort of the the loyalty use case, right, is, is like, uh, you know, I mean, whatever, everything is air miles, right? It's like uh, you, you, uh, you can sort of really build some kind of interesting functionality into some of these tokens. And I think, you know, one of the things that that um, ITS uh, has, you know, as, as Jason mentioned, right, anybody can create an interchain token, uh, like a, like a five-year-old, you know, I actually thought about trying to find a five-year-old to do a marketing video, but I, that might be a bad idea. I decided, so I'm going to leave that one aside, but really, I think actually like a five-year-old could do this, but if you want to do something more sophisticated, bake in, um, uh, uh, you know, permissions, like the kinds of things that come with a, with a loyalty point, right? Like you sort of, you get enough of these and you have, uh, you know, early access to, to special, uh, content, for example, or, um, you know, you have a discount available, right? I think, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of exchanges, uh, do great with those kinds of features on their tokens. So these, you know, these sort of DAP tokens become this important part of what, uh, you know, what drives enthusiasm and participation in a community, and um, the ability that, as, as Dill was saying, to like bring those, not only the token by bridging, but to bring those features cross-chain with it. So you're interacting with the dApp from a different blockchain 
you're still getting those benefits. You're still getting whatever the discounts are, the the permissions that you get that come with that um, that come with that token ownership. Maybe as a, as a kind of to wrap things up here on this phase of the mega space. Uh, and Ray, we could go back to you on uh, for Daki Swap. I'm curious to know, kind of, you guys are building on base, hot ecosystem. Obviously, we've seen it. Uh, we, you know, having been there from early days, uh, we've seen the user adoption and the developer adoption there. Um, what what other ecosystems are you looking to? What other blockchains are interesting in terms of areas where you're thinking about expanding and reaching new users and and uh, you know and integrating new tokens? Yeah, uh, you're right. We are building on base uh, as first and uh, from the base testnet. And on August uh, 2023, space go mainnet and we already go mainnet also. And uh, for six months, uh, develop and grow on base. So we intend to go multi-chain. And the, the second chain we are onboarding uh, in the previous suite is uh, Optimism. And with the help of uh, ITS, uh, interchain token service. We uh, already freaked our uh, token, uh, DACI governance token, and cut our utility token into the Optimism. And now we already open uh, liquidity on the Optimism uh, chain. So uh, that is the first step. And interchain token service help us very much on uh, breaking our token into the other chain. And we can now expand to the other chain the new chain is uh, very quick the next one will be s1 uh our case l2 is one when they manage we will um onboard them on onboarding them yeah yeah this is the next one and with That's the awesome. framework we build we can expand to the other chain very quickly together with yeah. the interchain token service yeah that's that's, that's critical that's great excellent well, uh, I want to thank everybody in this first uh, tranche of the ITS megaspace. Uh, Emre from DakiSwap, uh, Smea from Resolutio, Dill, great having you all on. Thank you for joining. Thanks for sharing your perspective and what you're building. Uh, coming up for the next phase, the next tranche of the megaspace, uh, we have... Let's see here. We got Remark. Remark just, I just brought Remark up onto the stage. Hey, Remark, how's it going? Yeah. Um, am I, am I saying it right? Am I saying, if I say Remark, is that, am I? <laughs> yes, exactly. And okay, I'm okay, good, 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 good. I'm for that because normally people say R-M-R-K and it's a complicated, yeah, it's Remark. I can't even say that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, mostly it's going to be Stephen talking, which is one of our main developers and he's really okay. excited to take part. So yeah, but great. glad to be here. That's great. Well, well, thanks for joining. And maybe as we're getting some of these other folks up on the uh, stage here, tell us a little bit, quick intro, 60 seconds-ish. What is Remark? What are you building? Sure. So Remark is really focused on building new ERC uh, standards. So to push NFTs forward and to develop new ways of using NFTs. We call it our NFTs, modular NFTs, because basically they can be combined in different parts. We have, for example, multi-asset that can be, can be combined with nestable, and nestable can be combined with composable and equipable. So the possibilities are really huge with that. Uh, and yeah, so that's, that's the main thing that we are saying in a very brief short time. 
and you're you're sort of uh, chain agnostic in that way, or are you thinking you know primarily focused on uh, um, you know you're thinking about bringing new standards that apply across EVM? Yeah, well, we, we started first on Kusama chain, and then in the beginning of this year, more or less, we moved to EVM chains. So our standards are all ERC, so they are adaptable to any EVM chain. And we also have our own marketplace called singular.app, which is yeah, agnostic chain, because that's the point. It's really to be able to create in any chain we want. In this moment, we already add six chains to singular.app, and we are ready to add more and more chains as they are needed. That's excellent. I love to see that. Uh, I guess, <laughs> Emil, uh, from, f- from XDeFi, are you on? Try to say something. I don't see you as a speaker, but hey, he, <laughs> he just sent me a screenshot in Telegram <laughs> that shows him as a speaker. Uh, we also, I think, are supposed to have somebody on. Uh, so Emil is, we're trying to get Emil from XDeFi to join, XDeFi Wallet. So that is happening. It's going to happen, right? Uh, and also, I think we have somebody on from RockX. Is that right? RockX, are you on? I just brought somebody up on stage named Steven. Steven, what's up? Hey there. I'm from Remark. Oh, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> your, your colleague just mentioned that you would be, that you would be joining. Excellent. Okay. Well, glad to have you in. Um, we are working on uh, getting, here we go. Ah, here, here we go. Here's Bedrock. Bedrock, what is up at the Bedrock layer of, uh, of, of Web3? Emil, here we go. Bedrock, can you hear me? Yes. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about what you're building at Bedrock. And, and it's, it's Bedrock and RockX are, are similar, the same, affiliated. Am I, am I yeah. getting it wrong? Uh, yes. Uh, so GM, everyone. Yeah, so um, Bedrock is our product. Uh, RockX is our brand. But, you know, we Excellent. do uh, you know, institutional stuff. I'll just go do our quick spill, uh, spill here. Please, um, please. Know. Really, uh, GM, everyone, thanks, uh, you know, uh, XLAV really for inviting us to this space, uh, or should I say a uh, mega spaces and really congrats to the Please, team. Mega space. Yeah. Let's be clear. This is not just a space. This is a mega space. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's huge, man. Um, yeah, really exciting, you know, uh, rep- representing a uh, rock and, um, Kelvin, and it's really an absolute pleasure to be here with y'all today alongside our partners, uh, XLAV, Phantom Starter, XDeFi, uh, Remark. I'm getting that right, right? Uh, I heard the earlier introduction and for the launch of, uh, you know, XLS, uh, ITS, really exciting. So just want to share some insights about Bitrock, you know, our mission and our uh, achievements and, you know, how we have upgraded to the LRTs recently. Uh, so very quickly, for those who are not familiar, Bedrock is really a leading uh, kind of in digital assets platform, you know, really empower our users in the economy for blockchain with ease and really secure secure uh, areas there. And, you know, our platform provides a range of services, taking, node hosting, and now, you know, uh, just mentioned the LRT. And really our goal is to really support and uh, unlock the full potential of uh, the blockchain economy together and provide users and support uh, users in the space with tools they need to achieve the maximum returns. Um, yeah, I can share more later on. And thank you for, for this awesome uh, mega spaces today and uh, passing this on. Fantastic. That's great. Calvin from Bedrock, thank you. Um, let's move to Emil from XDeFi Wallet. Emil, you're on. Give us the, the spiel. Yeah, brilliant. Sorry uh, for the hassle. Th- thanks no so much problem. for having me. 
Um, yeah, look, I mean, like uh, uh, we have DeFi Wallet. Uh, we're the first chain wallet extension. Started working on the project three years and a half ago, four years ago, uh, more or less before DeFi Summer. Um, and yeah, since then, we've been trying to uh, support as many chains as we can. Um, and as of today, we support 36 chains natively. And I think now 250 plus chains uh, with the custom RPC. Um, with the first wallet with a custom RPC that, that, that basically allows to add EVM networks and Cosmos chains. Um, so any chain like uh, uh, in either of the ecosystem, like uh, we, we're going to support it uh, uh, if you want to add it manually. It's uh, as simple as adding a network on, uh, on MetaMask uh, um, as an example. Um, we've been working with Axelor for a little while now. Uh, we were, I think, the first wallet to integrate like Squid. Uh, back then, uh, which which we love as a product, super excited by ITS. Uh, for us, very simple user case. Uh, we would love to have our own token on several networks. Uh, we don't necessarily want to do the work ourselves to to have to do audits and so on. Um, it's much simpler to to actually use ITS, and and that's what we're going to use when XD5 is going to be ported on other networks, and that's going to come like in, in the next few weeks. Um, which we're looking forward to. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Looking forward to this mega space. We are in the mega space. And thank you very much, Emil from XDeFi Wallet. Uh, actually, it's I think it's a good jumping off point because in the first tranche of, of projects here, we were talking about exchanges as on-ramps. But really, you know, maybe even before you are an exchange, are on an exchange, you need to be on a wallet, a, a first UX in crypto if you if if it's, you know, possible for some of the DGENs here to think back to like the first UX in crypto uh, for, for for new users, right? This is the reality. Your your, your first exposure to Web three is going to be through a wallet. So, what uh, I'm curious, maybe Emil, if you can talk a little bit about how you think about that experience, what it should yeah. look like for users uh, when they come on for the first time. So, just 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 to to make sure that we we're speaking about the same things. When you say like the first time you have an an, an exposure to Web three, you mean uh, on chain activity, namely, or crypto. Uh-huh. Very good. Yeah. So it could be right. Your first experience could be interacting with a database, but let's, <laughs> let's not think about that, right? Let's think about your first experience interacting with a decentralized application, whether that's as simple as purchasing, you know, exchanging yeah. some on a, you know, some buying some crypto, obtaining some crypto somehow, maybe you're, maybe you, you, you did some task and you're earning some reward or you're, you're buying something yeah. and you're interacting with a, with a blockchain directly, right? Not, not, uh, not using, uh, um, you, you know, Coinbase or something, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm asking because as a wallet for us, you know, like uh, uh, the mission is to uh, answer how do we make it simple for people to move from a centralized exchange uh, uh, into self-custody? Why? Sure, because yeah. 100% or let's say 99% of the people that we onboard onto uh, our wallets, uh, they've had like a, a previous experience with crypto. They, they probably use Coinbase. Kraken yeah. or, or Binance before, uh, they didn't like just wake up and say like, okay, I'm going to do some stuff on chain. Uh, so uh, it's it's really hard for us to kind of like figure out how we can make it simple for them to, to do to do to do some stuff on chain with our own wallet. And 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 this is what we've been working on for for a little while now. Uh, we're working on a new revamp of the wallet that is going to try to mimic the same type of user experience that you have when you're interacting with a Web2 application or uh, um, um, uh, a centralized exchange, but obviously in decentralized fashion, in non-custodial fashion. Uh, uh, and, and it comes into like onboarding, how, how, how 
easy uh, it can be to onboard like just in a few clicks uh, into a non-custodial wallet, not necessarily like a needing to, to, to have an interaction first with your C-Trace and understanding the concept itself, like just using like a, a logins, then walking around like how can we obstruct completely uh, gas, uh, whether it's like the EV environment or Cosmos or even Bitcoin, UTXOs in general uh, and other chains that we support. And then how you fund it really easily. And this is what you were mentioning before. It's actually not that easy to actually on-ramp uh, in, in crypto. So we, we're currently like uh, looking into a few options that will allow people to onboard uh, onto crypto. And by that, I mean like funding uh, once they've created the wallet. So on-ramp uh, uh, in uh, in uh, in um, in, the, in, in a seamless fashion, uh, on ramp without a, without having to to write down the seed phrase and do do the things that, that that you should do. Right? Can can it be done securely? Do you think? Can you sort of the seed phrase is the right? The, the managing your private keys is like the stumbling block. Yes, of, I mean, of stumbling was, blocks. There is a wallet that all you guys like know really well that do it pretty well. I think. I mean, like then we can discuss exactly about the flow, like from a UI perspective and so on. But mm-hmm. I think like Kepler using Web3 Auth, uh, um, uh, mm-hmm. allowing users to create a wallet with their socials, is a very good uh, example of what can yeah. be do, uh, uh, what can be done, uh, and that, that that's something that like uh, we we're looking into. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh, exciting. I, lo- I mean, I actually love talking with wallet developers. It, it feels like you're, you really are kind of at the, in a way, in some ways, like what, what could be like sort of an on-ramp for, uh, as we were discussing, on-ramps for new users, but also, you know, a, a, an experience that is like really part of almost every transaction, right? It's like a, it's at the heart of every transaction. And when you think about kind of, okay, what, what other features could you build in and kind of having a more seamless UX um you, you know that that's a that's kind of at the heart of that, right? It's the wallet is going to be key to that. That you've seen people envisioning in the ecosystem and talking about doing. Jason, you there? Sorry, you cut out, Galen. Can you just repeat the question? Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I was saying I, I was I was hoping you could talk a little bit about what some of the interesting DApps that are building in this kind of multi-tool wallet level, like you know, u- universal purpose. Um, you know, what are some of the wallet developers talking about doing in the Axelar ecosystem? What are some of the features that can be built in if you think about the wallet as this kind of super dap type of uh, type of approach? Yeah, I mean, Emil and I have kind of talked about this ages ago, right, where we always said, you know, from a wallet standpoint, it inherently should have been a chain, ag- chain agnostic experience, right? Like as a user, they shouldn't need to know how to like switch between different chains. They shouldn't have to see like different, you know, tokens, the same tokens spread across different chains, they should just be one consolidated balance and view, right? And given that wallet oftentimes are the first application or second application um, that most people will like interact with when it comes to crypto, it is the gateway for majority of people. So like, imagine like getting your mom or grandma to get into crypto and they download a wallet and the first thing they see are like different chains and, you know, different balances of the same token. That's just like way too complex, right? And we'll never be able to onboard billions of users when the experience that it offers is like that, right? So what I'm really excited about is that we've been, you know, working very closely with the XDeFi team to provide the the best uh, cross-chain experience. And we've worked on like quite a few initiatives, but I think Emil will be like, you know, the best person to talk about some of these things. Excellent. No, that's awesome. I, actually, I want to I want to move from wallets a little bit and get into the NFT topic. Uh, and by the way, sorry about the the cutout there. I heard from a couple other folks that uh, my sound had cut out. I'm uh, 
I, I reconfigured some things over here, so please do uh, chirp if if there's a problem uh, on the audio. I mean, when I say if, what I mean is when there's a problem on the audio, this being Twitter Spaces. And I think like somebody, we were earlier talking about like a, a, a Web3 onboarding experience that is as good as Web2. And I, I actually desire better, right? I think, I think, I feel like when I look around at some of the Web2 products that I use, I think, I think we could do better. Um, so I, I want to hear from a little bit from the Remark team in terms of, um, you, you know, uh, and I, I think um, yeah, it's Steven's on right from Remark still, I hope. Um, and and I'm, I'm curious about kind of what are some of the use cases? I, and I know I know you all are innovating on the standard level, you know, new ERC um, uh, capabilities, right? New standards. Um, that can be used across EVMs, tokens that can do new things or can be kind of, you know, built from the from the protocol level in, in different ways. W what are the use cases that you're looking at uh, when it comes to NFTs specifically that are interesting and emerging? Uh, I've, I've heard quite a few, uh, you know, from kind of an institutional finance sort of level, you know, all the way out to art and music, as we were discussing in the last tranche of projects. Um, what, in your view, is kind of the the emerging use case for NFTs that requires an upgrade to the NFT technology? So currently, uh, I mean, NFTs are amazing. We love them. We work and breathe NFTs uh, for the last past three years, over three years. But they are kind of limited uh, in the sense that they are limited to trading and like ownership and just a specific asset, which is there and it, it's fixed forever. Uh, so with that in mind, we started creating these uh, protocols uh, over three years ago, initially in Kusama as a proof of concept, uh, which allows us an NFT to have multiple assets so they can be rendered depending Oh, sorry. Depending on the contest and the context. So, for instance, you may have a like a, an NFT which represents a book, uh, which you can open as a PDF if you open it on a computer, or as an EPUB if you open it on your Kindle, or maybe you can also attach the audiobook uh, to listen to it on Audible. So, this is a, a really nice feature. Uh, very, it has ton of use cases, and it gives you forward compatibility because you don't have to know from zero all the use cases that you want to have for your nft you can add new assets as you need them and it's up to the token holders to accept them or not so this is like an, an anti-rock mechanism uh, we also have a way to have nfts own other nfts uh, which has a ton of use cases also, for instance, in music, uh, we haven't done much with this yet, but, uh, with our standard, you could have like collaborations between multiple artists, which do music where one does the bass and other has like the vocals and so on, and they can all be nested into each other. Uh, and they, for instance, if this NFT is sold, the, the royalties are split accordingly, uh, to each of the artists. So that's uh, another cool case uh, and for interesting use cases in like EDM there, for example, right, where you have these very complex uh, rights management structures. Right. I, I think uh, I've, I've seen some projects that have been tackling that. Uh, can you repeat again? I was just saying, I think in terms of IP management, like you were talking about nested NFTs within other NFTs, I feel like especially in electronic music, there are some there. Are, there's a lot of complexity in rights management and there may be some. Oh, yeah. Right. Some applications there that, that, that could be emerging. Yeah, absolutely. And we have uh, already solved this problem uh, with nested royalties. 
Uh, and then we also have equipable NFTs, which uh, the most obvious use case is for gaming, but there's it's not limited to that, where you can not only nest an NFT, but also equip it. Uh, and all the information is on chain. So anyone who follows the protocol, which again, the, we have five ERCs, uh, which are already on final. So they are standards and anyone can use and won't be changing. So anyone following the standard can correctly render uh, an NFT, which has other NFTs nested and equipped into them. So this is, again, super obvious use case for gaming. Yeah. Uh, like as, these, if I understand that right, Stephen, like if I have a, I have a, like a, say I have like a, 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 an object I use in the game and I want to give it some special capability. Both of those things are NFTs and I'm equipping the one NFT with the, with the other. Is that? D- exactly. And, yeah. and you are giving more uh, uh, utility to that. Items. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Instance, you, you're putting the, the, the spell of invincibility on it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's an, an interesting thing that comes up here. And it's uh, we have the possibility for cross collection collaborations. We have uh, a, a few projects done this before. So imagine you have a collection of NFT swords that can be equipped originally into some soldier NFT. Uh, but then uh, you talk to another project which has another game and you also, uh, they, they want to use your sword collections and you can just configure them and add new assets so they match the, the other game and that's it. Uh, so again, forward compatibility, uh, you don't need to know everything you, you want to do from start, which uh, we think it's great. Now, where does all this come uh, like in relation to Axelar? So, so far, uh, we are just using well, not just because it's a huge thing. We are using Axelar for our token. We have our own token, which has uh, some utilities on our marketplace and in uh, some games we are building. Uh, and initially it was in a few chains, but uh, after multi-chain fell, uh, we got stuck. So there, were, there was no way to bridge our tokens anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started looking for solutions and, and Axelar is clearly the best one here. Uh, and as soon as the project was ready, I think we were one of the first ones uh, implementing and deploying everything. Uh, but it was it was really good. Like once we we knew what we have to do, uh, it's it's a breeze to deploy on a new chain, and and we have everything ready. And we quickly made a, a small DAP where people can bridge our token across different chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is amazing. And now. Looking at while well, I was implementing this, uh, I, I got to look at the like how the inners of the smart contracts of Axelar work, and I couldn't avoid thinking how cool it would be to have our NFTs also be cross-chain. Now yeah. I know there are a few projects working on on this, uh, and actually this week there was a, a new ERC proposal which started this draft, uh, mm-hmm. trying to find a way to to standardize this, and. And it's great, and, and we will be participating a lot in this discussion. But for us, it's not that simple, because if you want to do cross-chain NFTs, well, you could think, like, I just need to get the other chain to know who the owner is and what the token URL is, right? But uh, for our case, it's that's not the only information, because these right. NFTs are supercharged. So we also need a way to pass, like, which assets uh, are attached to this NFT. And if it has children, then it becomes more complex because I would not only need to mint the NFT that I'm transferring, but also all of its children. So I need to make sure they are they, they, they are already bridgeable as well. Yeah, um, it needs to come over with all those 
all those things attached to it, have the capability to attach new things and use it in new ways and then be able to come back bringing, right, bringing exactly. all, the, all the baggage and all the transactions in between. Yeah. Exactly. So it's yeah. not that straightforward and we might even hit uh, like uh, tra- like the transaction gas limit. Uh, yes. So it, we're looking for ways to do it. Uh, like, for instance, we could prevent an NFT with children to be uh, transferred cross-chained. But then we also have a concept of Soulbound 2.0 where an NFT is not bound to an address, but to another NFT. So in that case, I, that's not a possibility. They, they need to go together. So as you can see, and, and there's also the equipping state because all, all these standards we have created, uh, we've made sure they are like everything lives on chain. So anyone can know the proper state of an NFTs and uh, right. or the one they're holding and equipping and everything. So yeah, to, we, we are just starting to, to figure out how we could do this, but uh, I, I'm, I really think Axelar would be the way. It feels like every time we talk about NFTs, I feel like it's just a good reminder of how early days it is, right? It's like, you know, sometimes yeah. like deep feels like pretty mature. You're like, okay, things are happening here. But like when you get into NFTs, I'm like, wow, this is uh, this is all like just baby, baby days, early days. Um, in terms of things that are interesting in DeFi, though, I want to actually talk about something. We have Bedrock on and... Um, Calvin, you've been patient. I know we've been kind of getting into wallets and and NFTs here, but I want to talk some more about uh, restaking and kind of, you know, what you've been building at Bedrock specifically and also kind of generally, you know, what what does, how does cross-chain impact, uh, how does a kind of a multi-chain view impact the view of of, uh, liquid staking? I think, you know, this is something that that most people who are immersed in crypto have become familiar with. It's become like a, a, a a super important component of, of a lot of the things that we do and expect to be able to do in Web3, uh, liquid staking that is. So so what is, uh, how is the multi-chain narrative affecting uh, uh, the liquid staking world in, in your view at Bedrock and, and kind of what, what are you guys building and thinking about in that area? Sure. Um, I was just listening to the great um, co- conversation and discussion on wallets and F- nft i think it took a back, back seat like uh, i think uh jason mentioned earlier if i'm not wrong um so very interesting uh so let me share more about um uh, bedrock and you know what we are doing in the space so um recently i also mentioned we really uh, upgraded to um uh, lrts right it's really popular now you probably look at our um partner like eigenlayer so yeah one one thing about um Bedrock now is, uh, you know, for us, um, yeah, we, we try to be a one-stop solution for uh, definitely, you know, e-folders to generate long-term yield. Um, yeah, you know, uh, our smart smart contracts here, you know, are definitely, you know, are audited and open source. Uh, of course, you know, there's always a smart contract risk, you know, and, 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 and this is, of course, uh, how we manage the risk, right? Um, and, you know, with that, you know, uh, definitely, um Eigenlayer, you know, and then us, you know, we are giving points. And uh, when you stake your ETH, you know, we have our bedrock diamonds and the eigenlayer points. So if you look at it now, there's really a lot of uh, focus on points and accumulating points, right, for, for airdrop. So that's really cool. And, you know, we are, yeah, we also look to probably, you know, reward our uh, users, you know, with this kind of, uh, um, I would say, uh, using and, and staking with us, right? Yeah, or using our platform. Um, yeah, I think one of the questions, great question you mentioned uh, was um, 
definitely uh, in terms of uh, cross chain uh, LST, uh, there, uh, LRT, there is definitely um, potentially for synergy for uh, more gas efficient transactions. So, like, thing um, definitely from if uh, to uh, up and then more liquidity. I think that's always great, right? Uh, if there is more liquidity uh, offered for some. Uh, same token across multiple chains. Uh, yeah, more more liquidity in in the space is definitely a great thing. You know, uh, you can do a lot more stuff. You know, um, your your wallets have more potential to you know transact more NFTs. Again, you know, fee uh, gas fees uh, swap. Uh, I think you know Deki would be happy happiest here, right? You know, <laughs> a lot of uh, transactions going through. Yeah, growing TVL as well. Um. Yeah, I think, and I guess, uh, yeah, expanded opportunities for definitely, like I mentioned earlier, earning rewards, especially uh, in terms of uh, new equal systems and all early adopters. We've seen uh, like Jupiter recently on Solana, right? This, this always uh, users, early users are, are rewarded, you know, in, in terms of uh, the airdrops. So yeah, I, I hope this gives a quite a useful overview. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's, I mean, it's some of the things you're talking about are such key uh, pieces, right. In terms of growing an ecosystem. Um, and, and it's, I think, I feel like, um, you know, the, 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 the uses of liquid staking in those areas have become apparent, uh, but the kind of the growth potential um, is, is still, you know, very much in, in the sort of creation and growth phase. So exciting to see that and, and great to have uh, you guys on from Bedrock here. Um, we better move into the next group of speakers here, but uh, XDeFi, uh, XDeFi Wallet, Remark, uh, Bedrock, really great to have you guys on for what's been, I think, a really kind of a, a diverse, a lot of different perspectives, but but highly technical, highly innovative, uh, always exciting uh, to hear what projects are building and how they're seeing the future. So thank you all uh, for joining here. Really appreciate it. Next up, we've got a great group coming up next. Uh, Chirply, Any Inu, Omni Mecha Coin, and Shiba Pocock, Rise of the Meme Coins. Not, not 100% meme coins. We got Chirply in the building uh, working on influencer marketing, but the others... It's it's going to be a meme a meme heavy conversation. I anticipate. Um, looking forward to it. To be honest, I've always been a uh, I've always been a fan of meme coins, especially because of the way they just sort of showcase the uh, the importance of narrative. Right? Everybody, uh, you know, everybody everybody talks about the technology, and especially you know you'll hear you'll hear uh, uh, Bitcoiners and 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 Maxis talk that way, um, but you know the technology is obviously important security is important we're here for a reason but the memes often carry the day right and and being able to to memify that technology in a way people can understand it and and spread it that's just such an important part of um of, of what makes web3 compelling and exciting so um excited to sort of distill that and talk about that with a few of the emerging meme coin projects that are building with its uh long preamble sorry Chirply, you've been on for a little while, right? If, if Chirply's still on, you in? Can you give us a little quick intro on your project? Okay, I think Chirply dropped off, but I do see any Inu in the building. Any Inu, what's up? Can you hear me? Hey. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, so any Inu is the most omni-chain dog. Uh, we're on 16 chains right now and hope to be on Bitcoin soon and Fraxtal as well through ITS. 
Uh, from day one, we launched using uh, Axler ITS, uh, and the deployment experience was super easy. We had the same CA uh, across like mobile chains. Uh, supply management was like straightforward. Bridgeworks from day one, like can't say that many protocols. Uh, and then more, more, more about any Inu. Like from day one, it's been community run. Like all of the LPs burned, locked. Uh, and the overall like mission is that any community on any chain can come together with any Inu. We're completely like chain agnostic. Like with every new L1 and like L2 in the future, it's like clear that people aren't looking for individual like tokens on individual chains. It will be tokens on any chain. Uh, and we hope to be a leader in the space as well as like showcasing, you know, multi-chain capabilities. So in the future, you know, if we have like uh, NFTs, bridging, uh, fun forwarding using any Inu, uh, we hope to showcase multi-chain to their coin. We are all dogs, but some dogs are more multi-chain than others. True. Any Inu, great to have you. Kong, I see you here. Looks like you're off mute. No, no, you're back on mute. Come off mute and tell us about Shiba Po Kong. Hello, can you? Yeah. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, hello, uh, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Po Chong, actually. Uh, we, uh, we spell it as Chong, but yeah, people sometimes call it Kong because it's um, a lot more like... Uh, the, the the Western use uh, that uh, as a Kong. Um, uh, I'm from Shiba Pochong. Yeah, that's. Uh, <coughs> that's I'm how from the, uh, how the insiders. Those in the know will <laughs> the name. Yeah, Go basically, ahead. I'm from Indonesia. So Shiba Pochong is a Pochong is a, a ghost that use route around uh, around its body. So that's why the logo is look like a dog that using route, and I'm using that. Uh, Local legend as, as the name of the the meme token, and if uh, I'd like to introduce the Shiba Pochong, maybe the the best way to 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 introduce it is by reading the manifesto that uh, I sent out when the Shiba Pochong is launched, and it gained uh, some traction in Phantom uh, ecosystem. <clears throat> uh, can I read it? How long is it? One minute. Okay. Please. Okay. Please read it. So, okay, <laughs> when so, you said manifesto, <laughs> I got a little scared. <laughs> so, uh, Go ahead, please. Chong Manifesto. Uh, I am Po Chong. I'm an, an artist. I'm a meme creator, a blockchain experimenter. I'm a chonker. Chong is not a DeFi project. Chong is an art project in its true sense. A painter use paint, a filmmaker use camera. I use depths and social networking platforms. ERC20 and DeFi tools are little machine to bring my artistic life vision to life. I do not build, I experiment, I innovate. I push the limit, I break the boundaries, I challenge the status quo. I reject the idea that blockchain-based projects are for the sake of money-making. Amazing. Very cool. Shiba Pochong, excellent introduction. Thank you. Uh, last but not least in this segment, I think last, but not and certainly not least, Chirply. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. Tell us about the project. Yeah. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, been been dropping off quite a Maybe bit. You're not the only one. Don't worry. Um, 
<laughs> I'm going to ring Elon and tell him Do about it. spaces. He needs to sort it out. <laughs> um, so, first of all, thank thank you all for for having us. Um, so, Chirply is essentially a social influencer marketplace that connects brands and projects with thousands and thousands of nano and micro influencers um, across multiple social media platforms such as X, TikTok, um, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Um, we utilize AI and machine learning to basically um, automate campaigns for, for projects and basically um, you know select the right influencers based on the content and the sort of niches that they're interested in. in. So you basically sign up to the platform um you essentially you know you pick your genres of, of things that you like like crypto travel sports um and then obviously you'll receive marketing campaigns from um from brands and, and projects as well so we've already racked up some notable clients um in web 2 such as sony music um warner music hello fresh zalando um, and we've got a sort of a cross-chain ecosystem between uh, bsc and eth and we, we aim to utilize on that in the future and that's where Axelar sort of comes in with our bridge and, and what we've utilized. Um, now, we are building a launch pad. Um, we are also releasing utility NFTs that gives such things like revenue share. Um, so it's a very broad ecosystem and um, holders are sort of incentivized to, to buy the token uh, because it's got a, a sort of a deflationary mechanism. So for every transaction that occurs on the platform. There is a 10% fee taken from the influencer and a 10% fee taken from the brand, and that's bought back and burned in in, in the native token. So, um, you know, the interesting thing is is that obviously um, the way, even the Web two revenue, you know, would tap into like a 70 billion dollar market um, with it with sort of social influencer marketing to Web two brands, and that also filters into Web three too um, through the ramp that we're building. So, um, that's just a bit of background about what Chirply is. Um, and yeah, you know, we've, we've got a lot of incredible things going on. Um, Influencer marketing just feels like a, an area that's probably horribly broken. Uh, and and so yeah. exciting to have you on and, and be talking about ways that that, uh, that we can do it better. I think we got one more one more dog in the building. Uh, Omni Mecca just came up on the stage. Can you give us a quick introduction to the to the project? Hello, hello. Thank you for inviting us over to such a mega event. Uh, I want the first thing is that I want to thank you, Axel team, your support to make her it immense. Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, I want to introduce a bit about Mika. Uh, firstly, uh, we all know that it's cultures that bring the people together, uh, but um, in Web3, uh, culture is pretty fragmented, right? Uh, because it's, uh, it's spreading across of chains. And our vision is to found the Mika is to create a barrier-free environment among chains for communities uh, uh, to facilitate the funds and the finance all in one place. Right? Uh, Mika will be the first omnichain culture platform uh, that aims to bridge the cultural and liquidity gaps uh, between different blockchains. Uh, well, uh, we, we seek to do that through the Axelar network capabilities. And, and Maker will encourage a user to engage, uh, to earn points, to participate in varieties of activities, uh, including questing, talking, singing, or 
playing games with Mika, right? Uh, we want to foster a bright, vibrant, and inclusive uh, digital culture. Yeah. That is uh, uh, that goes beyond uh, the boundaries of any blockchain, right? It's kind of that's in a way it's a very yeah, it's like a novel concept, right. right? Crypto or Web three, whatever. Uh, very tribal. Everybody's everybody's culture, yeah. their ecosystem is all kind of platform based. I think we're. I, you know, I think it's it's exciting to contemplate a world in which the sort of cult, the, the social layer um, has a more of a, yeah. um, a more of a global uh, uh, perspective. Right. Um, That's right. Cu- curious. Maybe we can kick it back to any, uh, you know, because I'd love to hear kind of like a prediction. Right. And maybe we can go around on the meme coins. But like what you know, what does uh, what does Web3 culture look like? What's the evolution of, of the next five years? Let's say uh, looking out, you know, to the sort of long term future. What do you see as being the, the um, you know, what will we recognize in five years and what will be completely new that we that, that we wouldn't recognize if we can't if we showed up there today? I need to go ahead. Uh, I think tooling in general has gone significantly better for like end users, like the end user experience on like uh, MemMask, like XDeFi, like all, all of those like platforms. Like we're getting closer to the point that the average user does not know there's like an underlying uh, blockchain un- underneath. And as we move more and more to like multi-chain, where you know all of these tokens, all of these uh, DeFi tools, uh, they become like multi-chain and like te- technology agnostic. Uh, it, it's clear that like multi-chain is, is the future when like the underlying blockchain starts to matter less and it's more about the communities and us- user experiences on top. So how does that, how does that change then? I mean, uh, that's certainly a vision that, that we share at Axelar and I know Jake is on and I want to get, get his perspective on that too. Um, he's like in-house DGen uh, warrior uh, on the Axelar um and XLR group here, uh, but uh, but but curious, kind of in in your view on that, as that technological change takes place, and we get to a point where like a user doesn't just like on the internet, a user doesn't care what infrastructure they're on. They don't care, you know, whether you're using AWS or Azure or Google Cloud or whatever, right? Uh, what um, well, how does that change the culture of of Web three from one now that that where people are hyper aware of the infrastructure that they're interacting on? Uh, I, I think it's, it still remains the case that community is incredibly important for like any token, uh, but for individual like pro- pro- projects, it'll revolve mostly around like the user experience, like what you, what actual utility you can uh, get out of something. Uh, I, I still think it'll remain an invariant that culture remains like fore and foremost, like despite like all of this other technological change, it's it's going to be the communities uh, that remain. Jake, you're you're highly embedded in the Cosmos ecosystem uh, from the Axelar side, and I've worked with a whole bunch of other projects as well. Um, wh- what do you think? What's kind of emerging as as people are sort of starting to look beyond the boundaries of one ecosystem? Are people starting to think about that in a different way on the builder side? How do you see it happening and evolving within the Axelar ecosystem today? Um, great question. I don't know how I actually got this nickname. I'm the only one with the real picture up here on, on Twitter, uh, but thank you. Um, so I think I'm just trolling you, Jake. I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time, man. That's 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 really it. I'm just taking the uh, opportunity here that presents itself. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not even trolling. I feel like I'm I'm honored to be called that. 
But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we just need to like further increase fungibility across these blockchains, right? Because I think if you look at something like Cosmos, where you need to have a different wallet um, and everything just like looks and feels and acts a little bit differently, there's all of these like little quirks and nuances that take some time to figure out. And they're, they're honestly just frustrating. Um, as you're trying to go and, you know, do something basic, like add some liquidity to some pools or like do some farming, what, what have you, depending on like the different wallet, um, especially in Cosmos where you might need gas tokens for like all of these different chains. It's just frustrating. And like I you've, think you've sort a- of learned how to use EVM pretty well with MetaMask. You're kind of Cosmos curious. You jump in with Kepler and you're like, what am I doing? I've, you know, it's, it's a diff, it's a little bit different. There's a lot of, the buttons aren't in the same places. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I hear um, and it just like stuff like that happens all the time, right? Like even yesterday I was trying to go get an airdrop and you need like gas tokens of that chain that you've like not been familiar with before, but it's not every airdrop that you need that for. It's just, it's bizarre. So I think like, as we can solve these UI problems and just make it easier for folks to um, just get from point A to point B and they don't necessarily need to know like all of the plumbing that's happening in the back end to make that a really seamless experience, the the better we're going to be. Um, mm. Even for something like I remember when, when any Inu came out, right? It was like you had to go and put a contract address into, I think it was like Uniswap because the token wouldn't just come up. Um, and it's just confusing, right? So you add, you add something like that to squid and then all of a sudden you, you get your one click experience and you can kind of just put it on a platter for users to go and, you know, become part of your community and purchase or get into a position or, or whatever. So I'm totally all about chain abstraction and just making things easier for like normal, normal folk to, to get in here and, and do what they want to do rather than get right. frustrated and say, I'm never going to play around in crypto again. Right. It feels like we're actually still a little ways away from that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, Shiba, Shiba Pochong. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, your, your manifesto was, was, um, was a powerful statement, right? You're talking about creativity and um, like moving beyond this sort of just, you know, obsession with, with money-making or gains and developing sort of culture that has other aims and other goals uh, in web three. So curious your, your perspective, you know, as a meme coin project, what is, um, what, what does the future of web three culture look like? How is it going to be different from what it is today? Shiba, you still on? Oh, I think we lost Shiba. All right, we'll have to get Shiba Pochan back on here. But um, we can take the same question to Mecca because I know you all are very focused on culture and social layer. Um, so, so what's your vision for future of um, future of, of Web three culture and Web three community uh, at, at Omni Mecca Coin? Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, so uh, for uh, Mika, in the next five years, we think that Web3 culture is expected to be more integrated to everyday life, right? Uh, with decentralizations technologies, empower communities and branding kind of interacting with each other. And the, the plan of technology, NFT and DeFi is going to born a new form of digital interactions, uh, ownerships or 
creativities and making the digital access and experience more widespread and and more community driven, right? So adding to these visions, uh, I think that uh, Mika is an on-chain culture platform will amplify the potentials for a unified digital culture and influenced by omni-chain platform infrastructure like Excellent Network. I think Web3 culture is expected to be deeply uh, integrated uh, to, uh, yeah, yeah, as I just told, uh, daily interactions. Yeah. And and these evolutions will likely result in the more, uh, how to say, democratizations uh, of digitalized access. Yeah. Enhance the, the, the power, the ownership of communities and, and make it more kind of uh, democratic for people. Yeah. Excellent. Shiba Pochong, I see you're on. What's your, uh, your your last to to chime in here? Prediction for the future of Web3 culture. What's what's coming next? What should we look out for? Okay, so the the last part of the, the manifesto is said that Chong is mine, Chong is yours. Basically, it's uh, reflect my uh, political approach towards the Web3 technology. Um, I'm uh, personally more interested on uh, what will happen outside of the web technology because at the end of the day, the the end user, like you, you guys said, that they won't really, really realize what, what platform they're using. Like we now use uh, internet and Android. They wouldn't care, but <clears throat> it will give, um, especially in like country like myself in Indonesia or in a country that... Uh, distribution of information is uh, not that free uh, you you will get uh, sensor ev- everywhere it, the technology will help to uh, for the activists to to say and stop hiding because everything is uh, in public they can share information uh, in public space i mean in blockchain every everything everyone can see it and it will uh, obviously influence how the political uh, spectrum of the world in five years going forward and it is more interesting for me instead of the uh yeah. when we have we have money not controlled by governments we might have some other things that that are less controlled by governments right that's uh, yeah that's why that's why we're here very good um i, I want to shift gears a little bit but not too much because we've got Sherpley on and and you, you, you know, you guys are, as, as, as we heard from you earlier, working on uh, improving influencer marketing. Sounds like you've had some success, brought in some uh, some Web2, as you said, uh, clients with name recognition. What does, um, and I think this is related to this question of like, what is the sort of social, social layer or culture that's evolving in Web3? How does that how does that look from a perspective of influencer marketing and and kind of what do you feel like you're going to be able to do that we I should, I should say are going to be able to do in Web three in an area like that that will be better than what we see in the Web two world? Yeah, so I think you know Chirpley, Chirpley's message is essentially all about that they, they utilize nano and micro influencers. Um, so if you think of influencers ranging from a uh, hundred to a thousand followers or a thousand up to a hundred thousand. And it's all about utilizing and, and using the, the collective effort of the smaller guy rather than sort of, you know, the, the, the Web3 sort of marketing's always been, you know, paying big sums of money to, to large influencers and stuff like that to sort of send out the message. But this is much more um, authentic. It's more engaging. Uh, this is a very proven method within Web2. So we're actually bringing like a Web2 method into Web3. Um, we've obviously started off in Web3. Um, 
which obviously is the, the most difficult climate to start off in. And then we'll be sort of, um, you know, bringing these Web2 clients in onto the new platform that we've got coming soon. Um, and, you know, like I say, it's all about sort of automation. So this is a place where you can sort of have everything done for you. You know, it, I don't think anyone's obviously ever done it but dealing with influencers can be difficult and there's a lot a lot of negotiations on the table you're trying to catch up with messages um it can be very very time consuming and very cost effective not very cost effective um so this is essentially it's a marketplace it's obviously free to sign up um then you've got you know you can load it with with funds um, and set campaigns for as little as fifty dollars so it's essentially um you know bringing a, a very professional way of marketing into web3 um, a very effective one because you can you can basically basically send out content to you know thousands of people per day. You have much more authentic um, communities that sort of have, have similar interests in certain niches such as sports, travel, and as we're seeing now, you know there's a lot of different projects emerging um, within crypto that have a you know a lot of different elements involved, such as sports, uh, music seeing yeah. so many different things coming through so it, it's it's more so we're trying to change the way things are working in that respect and make it a lot easier for projects and brands to sort of um you know connect with these influencers and, and get the message about about their products and services nice great well this has been a this has been exciting uh I, I love the sort of predictions and the look forward and especially when we kind of get into that on a on a cultural level it's a it's something i feel like is not talked about enough so really want to thank chirply uh any inu omni mecha coin shiba pochong for joining this part of the the mega space of its thanks so much guys and um really appreciate the perspective here uh, we've got a, a, a final tranche of projects coming through a great group um Let's see, Granary into the block, and I think Frax, someone's coming on from Frax to talk about the Fraxtal blockchain. Uh, I want to make a prediction myself, uh, which is that at the end of this space, we're going to reveal uh, an upcoming uh, opportunity in Axelar Network that you might want to know about. So stick around. Uh, I should have been, if I was doing my job right, I should have been talking about that every 15 minutes for the entire space. But um in any event, uh, we've got a big reveal coming here, and I know uh, some other folks from um, from Axelar will be in to uh, to discuss what's up. So uh, stay tuned. You're going to get an early glimpse at it. A little alpha to drop here uh, is my prediction for the next 15 minutes of the future of Web3. Um, so I think we've got, let's see, we've got DeFi Dave is on, right? Hi, yeah, I'm from Frax. Hey, <laughs> great. I thought so. Excellent. Uh Good to see you on. T tell us, let's start with Frax. Tell us a little bit about Frax in general, and then let's talk about Fraxel too. Quick introduction. Tell us what we need to know. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm DeFi Dave. I am a core advocate for Frax. And Frax is building uh, a, it's a protocol that's building uh, a platform that really amplifies the most and focuses on the most important assets of the 21st century, building the M2 layer for assets in the 21st century. And what do I mean by that? You know, we are built, we have a whole host of stable coins, whether it's dollar stable coins with Frax, ETH peg stable coins with Frax ETH, and even a CPI peg stable coin with FPI. 
and we have sub protocols to support them. So I, it's really funny because I actually am the one that came up with the name Fraxel because I always thought that Frax is a fractal of DeFi. And now you see the actual L2 called uh, Fraxel. And the whole, you know, it's really, and it's also really funny because you um, now like L2s and everybody coming out with the rollup is a hot new narrative, but Frax has been working on this for a while. Frax has been working on this, you know, it was first publicly announced in June. So they've thought very deeply about this. Uh, and Fraxel, which is actually uh, coming out today. Yes, you heard that right. It's coming out Whoa. later today. Yep, today. Okay. Uh, Doc's coming out later today. Yeah, to, to, yeah, he talks about alpha. Clear, clear my I'm bringing the alpha <laughs> today. Uh, it's a general purpose roll-up uh, built on the OP stack. Uh, and the key differentiator here between all the other roll-ups uh, is not only do you have like the Frax central bank and all that liquidity coming onto Fraxel, but you have block space incentives. And block space incentives are better than points because they align users and protocols who are long-term uh, with Frax. And so high, basically high-value smart contracts, uh, you know, whether they get pinged a lot or maybe they have a lot of TBL or you know, something else, uh, and also high-value users uh, who are shown to be you know, actually using the chain a lot will get rewarded with VEFXS, which is the locked version of the FX, of like of the Frax of, of FXS. Um, which is really, it's all the docs are coming out today. Uh, there's actually two pairs of docs coming out today. There's gonna be uh, infrastructure docs, which, you know, if you want to launch on Fraxel, there you go. And incentives, there's going to be all, all these docs on incentives. So if you're curious about the block space incentives, and yes, there are points too, there are Fraxel points, uh, which will be redeemable for something at a, a later date. Um, that's All that is going to be in the incentive doc. So it's really exciting. Um, the cool thing about block space incentives is if you're a protocol and you're looking for uh, an alternative revenue stream, uh, you can count on block space incentives to you know to be that for you, especially if you're providing a lot of value to the rollup. So the core team has been thinking about this very deeply. Um, you know, they they don't just want to be a stablecoin protocol; they're really going for the whole thing. That's great. That's exciting to hear. You heard it here first. Maybe first could be first. Fraxel yeah. later today. Um, more incentives. Looking forward to. Always love to you know points. That's what it's all about. Um, Seriously though, it's it's exciting to to see uh, to see Frax innovating in that area, and of course, you know, at Axelar, we're like, yes, let a thousand roll up. Yeah, we love yeah, you to guys. Be like like the, the first, like you know, real real bridge for um, for Frax yeah. and knowledge stable coins. Yeah. So you guys have been there, uh, you know, since the beginning, and you know, we we love partnering with you guys, and we're excited to see what we create in the future. We we love to we love to see kind of specialist right specialist blockchains in the EVM ecosystem like this like with a kind of a very specific point of view and looking to do something that that really you know hits a hits a nail on the head rather than uh, just sort of being a generalist uh, Ethereum killer that that we've seen in like previous waves so so kudos to Frax um, and let's see we got we got a few other folks on here that I think are just kind of uh, trickling in I saw into the block was was on earlier is anybody here from yep. into the block. Yeah, this is Lucas from uh, Into the Block. Great, great, Lucas. Great to have you. Tell us a little bit about Into the Block. I, I, it needs no introduction from me, uh, but uh, I think for the rest of the listeners here, I, would love, I think people would love to hear a little more about what you're building. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm head of research at Into the Block. Um, been here for over four years. Essentially, we started as a generalized analytics platform. Um, and over time, we've become increasingly specialized in DeFi. So not many people know this, but we have an institutional product 
that can be thought of sort of as an institutional uh, year in finance with a layer of risk management. So we deploy strategies in DeFi with uh, safeguarded rails for some of the largest institutions to deploy capital into DeFi, mostly market neutral strategies, a lot of cross-chain activity. So we've been very familiar with Axelar. And we've had that operation going for uh, about two or three years. And most recently, uh, we're essentially uh, off, like spinning off our risk management um, for this product uh, what, in what we're calling the DeFi risk radar. And so we're partnering with many of the top protocols, Aave, Compound, um, Curve, and of course, Axler, um, to have analytics covering uh, mostly economic risks and anomalies in DeFi. So we're launching something very exciting for interchain tokens to track those flows across chains, any potential anomalies that stick out, and also for users to track like pending transactions, orphan transactions, <clears throat> very useful and metrics for anyone uh, in the Axler ecosystem. Uh, and the goal with that is to essentially have transparent access for core DeFi data. Uh, which we've thought uh, to be a key part to bring transparency to DeFi and help, uh, you know, DeFi arise from the ashes of 2022 by having a more transparent database for allocators uh, that, you know, not just within DeFi, but also in traditional finance to be able to track all of this data and manage their own risks. So that's how we're approaching Axler and very excited about the partnership. Certainly, um, a, a, a perspective that, that we share that transparency and openness is the um, is the best path to security and uh, high quality products, especially in finance. Um, Awesome, Lucas from Into the Block. Thank you. Uh, last but not least, in our final group here, uh, Granary Finance. Uh, I think we saw your main account on earlier. Granary, are you still on? Okay, looks like Granary. We are not connected but would love to get you up here and hear a little bit about what you're building. Um, but until we can uh, hook that up, let's um, let's move right into kind of, I mean, I think it's great to have perspective, especially it's kind of a very DeFi heavy granary. Uh, you can find them on, um, on Twitter at granary finance, one word. Uh, um, building a lending market. So we've got a very DeFi oriented group here. And I think one that probably has a, um, a broader perspective on uh, what's interesting in the world of DeFi. So um, let's, let's get right into that and kind of, uh, you know, think about kind of um, uh, kind of what, what the sort of infrastructure layer of decentralized finance might look like here. Uh, DeFi Dave, maybe we can start with a kind of a, a, a quick question for you. How many blockchains? Uh, what's your sort of number for how many blockchains will be relevant in the future uh, on the Ethereum ecosystem? Let's just say within EVM and um, and specifically, right? How many blockchains? How many proof of stake tokens will be relevant? We're seeing a lot of projects now that are they're you know sharing security, uh, doing innovative things there. Um, you know, does everything eventually come down to to ether uh, for security, or do we have you know many, many dozens or hundreds or even thousands of um, of, of proof of stake tokens uh, in the Ethereum ecosystem? Uh, oh, that's a great question. People are always wondering. Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, loud yeah. clear. Yeah, um, great, great question. Um, I personally believe there is, there will be thousands of rollups. Um, in the future, uh, in terms of security, that's a great question. I think ETH 
Ethereum's network effect is so strong. I, it's very hard to see a, a token surpassing that. Um, sure, like things can get close to it, but I'm not sure or if anything will get past it. You know, Ethereum has been around for, do you believe it, a whole decade now. Um, but what's going to be interesting to me is with these rollups, all these different flavors of rollups that are going to be coming out right now, we see the crypto native Web3 rollups, whether it's Fraxel and their blocks, but using their past knowledge and experience to create something like block space incentives. Um, you have other things that are maybe more NFT specific, like Frame. Uh, you know, a company that I used to work for, for Gelato, uh, they have a rollup as a service um, product. And they're seeing this firsthand uh, and they're even seeing traditional companies coming on board and wanting to create their own rollups too. So I definitely see, I'm definitely more of a fan of a modular future with lots of rollups, lots of options. Um, the thing I do understand there's the UX UI issue, but I do believe that will get resolved. Um, you know, I, I think Solana is great. I'm a fan of Solana. You know, they've built a you know phenomenal product and ecosystem. I am curious how the monolithic blockchain will scale. And as we saw, like it did go down yesterday and like every, that's just the one thing a blockchain can't do is go down. But yeah. I do see a, a future of like thousands of rollups and each with their own different flavor of DeFi, uh, or different flavor of Web3 uh, coming on board. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think it's a, it's um, the sort of security uh, question, kind of is a is a technical question at some point, right? But, yeah. but you know, I think, and it's hard to it's hard for me to see a, a perspective where we don't have uh, dozens, hundreds, thousands, right, of uh, of different blockchains for specialized purposes. Um, I, I feel like uh, yeah, when it comes to the monolithic modular debate, I, I think it's. It's pretty clear which side I come down on, at least personally. I, I, I would think about it this way with the modular versus monolithic debate. Uh, when we look at the internet, the whole internet isn't on like one instance that's like constantly being updated. Like, right, right. no, you have the internet on like different servers. And like when you call, uh, like when you go on a web page and it's called, you're basically getting a screenshot of it. Like rollups are just going to work yeah. the same way. Yeah. Uh, and actually, yeah. we had um, we had a podcast, uh, Sergey. Uh, co-founder of Axelar Protocol uh, was was on a podcast with the Block uh, a few weeks ago with um, with Sri Ram from Eigenlayer, and I thought yeah. Sri Ram had these very eloquent analogies. He, he always does uh, about yeah. um, sort of the evolution of SaaS. Uh, and kind of, you know, look, when you, when you're, you know, people say, oh, well, how are we going to, it's going to be so complex with a dozen or 15 different protocols that you have to integrate. But the truth is for the, for the user facing developer, you're not interacting with all of those 12, 15 pieces. There are layers of abstraction in between. And this is exactly how the SaaS ecosystem works, right? Like baked into Shopify is, uh, you know, how many different SaaS products are integrated there. Shopify delivers a project, a product to the end user facing developer. And that developer mm -hmm. doesn't have to worry about what all those other layers and complexities are. They just integrate Shopify and they have e-commerce on their website bump. Right. Exactly. Just get people what they want to do best. If they want to sell yeah, clothes, right. so they don't have to like worry about everything under the hood. They can just go sell clothes. Yeah. Honestly. Stuff, yeah. That's why like it's exciting to see stuff Farcaster come out. It's it's I was thinking about this the other day, like before, you know, when DeFi Summer came out, and I can't believe it's almost been four years. You know, there's only like so there was such a little community on chain actually doing things. Right. And over time it expanded to, you know, NFTs, DAOs, all these this new wave of people came on chain. 
And like yeah, once the wave, the wave came, and then of course it went back into the ocean, and you know all the people left in the bear market. But there were still like a lot more people, way more. Like people. A lot more people stuck yeah. around in this bear yeah, market. Yeah, it's basically. Yeah, this needed um, something for like Web three social to come about. But yeah, I, I digress. I know there's other people here. Yeah, let, let me get actually because Granary just came back in, and I want I want to. We didn't get the spiel yet, so Granary, you're on. Tell give us the introduction yeah. to the project. Tell us what you're all about. Hey, yeah, can you can you all hear me now? Loud and clear. Sorry right, about clear. No, all good. Twitter is just Twitter, or I guess X. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm Dean Toshi. I'm representing the Gratery today, and the Gratery is a, a money market protocol. We're deployed on nine different chains, and we also have a tenth chain where we basically have like a license licensing. Or sorry, I have a hard time saying that word. License licensing model uh, called our Silo program. Um, to really give orgs and different uh, blockchains who want their own native uh, money market the ability to do that um, with us helping them launch. Uh, but yeah, so we support nine chains directly. Uh, we're in Aave V2 fork currently. We have a lot of development going on for our version two. Uh, we'll, we'll have the ability to do like rehypothecation with assets to make everything more efficient uh, for unused liquidity as well as having like relations between all the different assets to like really tune in our risk profiles and to allow for more assets to be used in the ecosystems. That's awesome. I'm, um, I'm actually excited to hear your perspective from Granary side <laughs> in terms of what we were just talking about a minute ago, growth of DeFi. What's been, uh, you know, any, any metrics you've watched? And I think this will be, <laughs> I want to hear from, um, from, from into the block about this as well, but like, wh where have you seen, uh, the most promising signals in terms of actual, like, you know, people using DeFi, people, uh, doing on-chain things, where is that manifesting itself today? Yeah. I mean, I think activity has definitely been picking up, uh, about a couple of months ago, we actually had a linear deployment. And there was over 25,000 transactions uh, that participated in our Intract quest over there, which was pretty nuts. That's a lot of people. Um, yeah, I definitely see more people coming back. It's not peak bull market by any means, but yeah, like you said, it seems like a lot of people actually did stick around. So that's pretty exciting. Lucas, yeah, open the block. What's um, what's what's the view there, like globally? What what uh. What what metrics what metrics look really strong right now? What looks interesting in terms of an indicator of actual you know what we would call maybe if we could say this real activity uh, on on blockchains. So I, I think I think the interesting. By the way, I'm uh, I'm replacing Lucas. Lucas didn't just change his voice. Uh, ah. he, he had another meeting, but um, uh, but yeah. So what's really interesting, I think, is is, is what what you've been saying here, um, that a lot of the users that were in, in crypto in the past cycle state and maybe decreased a little bit their activity. And and something that you can see is they have been active and more of the older users are becoming active uh, in DeFi. Um, the thing that so far hasn't really happened yet is we haven't seen an influx of a lot of new users. This is something that you, in every cycle, like in the past, is more, will be more occurring with Bitcoin, right? And we still use that as a metric of activity in a lot of cases. Um, but, but what you see is that when the new users start coming in, where you, where you can really see, see moves starting to happen, we haven't really seen that yet, uh, but we have seen very positive signals in DeFi in terms of uh, DVL across different protocols and new ideas that, that are being introduced that work really well. So recently we launched a, a dashboard on, on real-world assets, for example, 
where we analyze some of the TVL in that sector and and that's all looking very, very uh, positive. Uh, so I think there's a lot of lot of good signs and you can already spot a little bit uh, which sort of sub-industries sub are going to be successful, I think, going forward. Awesome. That's exciting. Um, this has been great. I think uh, we've gotten some some pretty solid perspective here. I want to um, and I want to shift into the last portion of the call here of the of the mega space. Uh, so before I do that, I want to say a big thank you uh, to Into the Block, uh, Frax, and and specifically Fraxel. Uh, as we heard earlier, launching later today, fingers crossed, uh, and the granary. Thanks all of you for coming in and um, and offering perspective and insight in this um, final tranche or phase of the mega space. We've heard from I, I don't know how many a dozen or more developers today building uh, using interchain tokens and uh, thinking about a more interconnected and um, and multi-chain world when it comes to all ranges and all that all uh, verticals within web3, DeFi, uh, NFTs, uh, social layer meme coins, um, <clears throat> Martech, uh, all kinds of different um, uh, sort of perspectives and verticals and industries represented. So, so very exciting to hear all of that presented today. Um, I want to jump into, I, I teased it a little bit earlier, and, and it looks like some of you have stuck around. Uh, we do have an announcement to make from the Axelar network side uh, of, a, of a competition that is, um, that is coming out, uh, sponsored by Axelar, Axelar Foundation. Uh, and I think Marcin is on. Uh, from the Interop Labs team. Marcin, um, you want to kind of give the people the lowdown here, drop a little alpha on what's coming later on this afternoon? Yeah, sure. Um, can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, loud okay? and clear. Okay, cool. So yeah, hey everyone. Um, uh, let's not keep everyone waiting and I'll get straight into the exciting part. Um, so to celebrate the mainnet launch of the Interchain Token Service, Axelar Foundation is launching the ITS Legend of the Interchain competition. We are super excited about it, and we hope this will add a bit of fun to the ITS launch. You'll be able to access the competition page through the ITS portal at uh, interchain.axelar.dev. There will be a banner at the top of the page, which will take you to the competition page and where you'll find the uh, leaderboard and explanation of the rules. And basically, the objective of the competition is to mint new interchain tokens and attain as many transactions as possible with it. The competition starts today at 6 p.m. UTC and ends in uh, two weeks' time. The top three projects with the highest uh, interaction with the highest transaction counts will qualify for prizes and the first place it's a uh, 10,101 axl second place 600 axl and the third place 4,200 axl in terms of eligibility only tokens that are minted after the competition starts are eligible for participation um, like like always, make sure to read terms and terms and conditions uh, uh, before uh, you know entering the competition. And um, yeah, so basically the competition starts if I am right uh, in a about twenty minutes. minutes yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, 20 minutes until uh, I just dropped that URL for the portal uh, into the the comments here on the mega space, the mega comments. Uh, and uh, we could let's read it out again. Interchain.axelart.dev. Did I, did I say it? Did I get it right? Yes. Uh, yes. And so that is the portal where, as we were saying earlier, anyone, uh, like even a five-year-old, could, I don't encourage this, but 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 uh, you know even a child could mint an interchain token using this portal. It's it's so easy to use. Um, and on that page, uh, it, after you're done minting an interchain token, just for fun, you can um, check out the um, the competition as well. Um, so so look out for details of that from Axelar Twitter in about 20 minutes, and uh, go check it out and get a little early glimpse at it, um, and potentially a, a bit of a jump on the. Uh, on the competition here. Thanks everyone for joining the mega space. Marcin, thank you for, for announcing the, um, the legends of interchain competition. And, uh, yeah, thanks especially to all the, uh, the listeners who joined and to everybody who spoke all the great projects. Um, I think we will end it here since we've been on for almost a hundred minutes. I'm sorry we didn't get more, uh, more time for, for, um, uh, for for questions from the crowd and and conversation with the crowd, but I think when we you know we'll continue to be talking to these projects as we go along and look forward to um, to those conversations as they evolve in future AMAs and uh, in Axelar Discord as well. Uh, so thanks again, everybody, for joining, and uh, I hope you have a mega afternoon following the Axelar ITS Mega Space. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. See you guys. Enjoy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for running the bar. Nice. I'm going to tell you something. When the world starts to get really bad and these mugs out here robbing, you're going to love digital currency. All these motherfuckers, they be running and gunning. And I'm all like, I'm sitting back just having fun in the sun. And I'm like one out of a hundred. I'm just building up on it. So some of everything we built are in the last hundred upsets. You're getting salty, feeling faulty. You ain't no man. I keep Robo here, grinning it, it, throwing up anarchy. Smoking toilet trees, spitting philosophies. Look at the dossier. We rack like geography. There's layers to this shit. Like it's sedimentary. All these little onion peels getting torn off and buried. Imagine the smell. That shit is a vital experience without knowing. And how you will not survive, period. Uh, <laughs> he's a fucking trip, man. Jimmy, if you Jimmy, if you listen to this, right, you're getting absolutely fucking ripped to death, like on a spaceship of a life, you little troglodyte bastard. I hope you fucking listen, I hope you come to my house son. I swear to God, man, I've got fucking loads of weapons and my dogs, man. You just a little rat, man, one. Fuck off, man. Do one. Fuck off. Harmony. No, no, the wonder you're looking for a fucking job. You fucking idiot. You've just been fucking up with this. Fuck off. Try to change the course of the portion philosophy. I'm just here for the corporation sponsored lobotomy. Feels like I won the lottery, like I'm ghosting this pottery. Chill, Demi. Boy, the shit's supposed to be haunting. If it wasn't, ain't no puzzle. You would try to train your muscle. Air dropping like a fatal hustle, but the pay is busting. Think of all the loss of crew just to pick up off the tricky custom. Not figured all those sub downs would make up for something. I guess it just goes to show the fuck do I know? At least it's quiet over here. I like my little silo. It's better than watching them fight over how to divide my time between. 
phone sitting at the desk and the ride home Devs at Mickey D's, they leeching off that Wi-Fi Zap, dose, and mold, they shipping more than five guys Console open, waiting for the kamikaze When the flash phone's bang, they feeling like paparazzi Snapshot, motherfuckers We got layers, meteora, jawbreaker We cracking a lot of craters We rapping a lot of pay dirt Maxing out relators Imagine the smell Five dollar wrench to your dark Vader it's, it's really funny uh, to us at Binance that everyone here is talking about uh, blockchain attack. We know who all the validators are, we know, we know where they live, and we're going to their house with a wrench, a big wrench, and we will attack them with the wrench, and then we will take their validator home physically and put it in a truck and drive it to China. Right, so this is an extension of the, the activities you performed on, on BTC, right? Uh, funding and creating these massive uh, Bitcoin mines, putting them in caves, putting them in, in uh, factories that were abandoned in the past, and also using electromagnetic pulse bombs to detonate uh, the USA and the other country mines, right? So you're now applying this strategy to, to Lunk uh, in order to take over the chain, is that correct? Uh, it's more simple. There's no uh, EMP bomb, it's just a van of men in uh, Balaclava and they have wrench and they're taking the physical validators from people's houses. They are usually very fat and they're usually uh, in the shower with, you know, with trying to wash uh, their mice uh, droppings off their uh, clothes. So it's very simple. We just walk in and we take it. But if there is someone who is sitting at the computer or sleeping at the computer, we, uh, we hit them with the wrench really, really hard. And then they say, stop. Don't do that again. And we say, that's okay. Just mm -hmm. give us your validator note. And then they give it to us and we drive it to China. Ten spaces. <laughs> 